0: Alrighty, boys. back to the Backstreet Podcast. Happy to be here with my fellows in the Iron Gate Studios this time, uh, enjoying a, a nice little glass of white there, Tommy, or is that is that Estella? Everything's working for you.
1: This is a this is a glass of this is a glass of white uh, on this nice uh, summer afternoon. <clears throat> my uh, my palate is is rapidly evolving uh, as I enter my, my my 24th year of life. So,
0: Lee, everything's good with you. The movie is uh, going swimmingly.
2: Yeah, we wrapped today on the on the movie shooting. So very exciting stuff. You know, it hasn't quite settled. Warm puzzle, yet. it is called. Warm puzzle, yeah. Warm puzzle. Independent get that pub out there. Independent film, yeah. You know, we gotta we gotta let our our faithful back judge listeners know that, uh, that you know we we are just sports heads. You know, there's there's more to uh, there's more to there's us nuance. Than, there's a little we, nuance. There,
1: there's more we than meets like,
0: the eye. Exactly.
1: And, and, and. We. We, uh, we like to break a
2: mental sweat, too. <laughs> to quote White Goodman. <laughs>
0: to quote and, White and Goodman. And, boys, I have, a, I have a Yingling over here, and I'm celebrating, got a call today, negative for COVID. So, that's, oh, Gr- that's, Gramps can come over for the 4th of July. That's what we, we want to hear. Shout out Yingling.
2: We love our Pennsylvania breweries. Let's just put it that way. Downingtown, Yingling, good stuff. Yingling yep. is the working man's Stella. I'll say that much.
1: Yep. Steve Malkinson. Let's get him on the podcast, boys. Let's He's been in podcast. an
0: intro. He's been in an intro, and uh, today, today, hey man, it's July. I mean, coronavirus is going to do what it's going to do, but the back judge is also going to do what it's going to do, and that means it's it's division preview time. We're coming at it with a with a gambling twist, alright We're we're advancing the product. We're getting excited, and let's just start off, fellas, with the with the Cincinnati Bengals, the team that drafted first in, in the draft this year, took Joe Burrow um hopefully their their franchise changing quarterback over there in cincinnati and to me this is a team that i think is absolutely going to be better than they were last year um ultimately i don't know you know too much about zach taylor um kind of was a disappointing first year i mean you picked first in the first year that you were the head coach of the team obviously obviously he hoped it would have gone better but they made a lot of additions in the offseason uh, outside of Joe Burrow. I don't know if any of them were maybe huge splashes, but adding guys like DJ Reader I don't think hurt when you have guys like Geno Atkins and Carlos Dunlap getting a little older. But I, I feel good about this team. I think it's going to be a little difficult. Coronavirus, Joe Burrow coming in, but that's a, that's a mature guy. And I think that this team is obviously going to do a lot better than they did last year. And I could see them picking outside the top ten. I don't know if the playoffs are there yet, but a quarterback can change everything.
2: Yeah, I'm with you there, Klepp. Um, a little eerily reminiscent of the uh, preview Tommy and I did a couple months back. Um, this is a Bengals line that I can understand why people would be interested in betting the over. I guess I would probably lean under because I think five and a half is just a little bit rich for a team who, although Joe Burrow had an absolutely lights-out season, probably the best individual season in the history of college football, arguably, at LSU last year, he's still getting thrust in an NFL situation where, he has a probably a bottom five, maybe bottom seven defense in the league. He's got a bottom five, maybe bottom seven, maybe bottom three offensive line in the league, and he's got a second year head coach. And there, although there are some weapons on this offense that I'm sure will make big plays, um, I I still see this team, you know, a year away from really being able to compete, especially as we get into the you know further into this podcast in a division like this. So, um, my initial reaction would be that. I think there's a little bit more value on the underside. The, you know It's an even bet on the underside. I think it's like minus 130 on the overside. So um, I'm, I'm interested in this Bengals team. I think it's going to be a great and exciting team to kind of watch during this year. Um, and and you know, they got a couple things going in their favor. They do play the Giants, Dolphins, Redskins, and Jaguars you know, this year. So um, it's not like they got a really tough schedule, obviously, placing last in the division. But I still would be a little bit weary of, of buying in too much. To the Joe Burrow hype because it's going to be really hard for him to repeat his level of play um, in a vastly different scenario in the NFL this year.
1: Yeah, Lee, I kind of agree with you. Um, the Bengals are a team that I kind of could see their ceiling being like seven wins, and I think that would be like an um, a really good year for them. Because as much as I really love Joe Burrow as a quarterback prospect and the offensive weapons that he's gonna have, you know, I think Joe Mixon is one of the more talented running backs in the league. And then, you know, AJ Green coming back if he's healthy, Tyler Boyd, T. Higgins. Still got John Ross, who obviously is a bust for where he's drafted, but still brings a really, you know, nice skill set to your offense. Uh, The big concern with me, it starts with Zach Taylor, who, like you guys both alluded to, was a little bit underwhelming in year one. And, you know, obviously it wasn't the best situation, but, you know, this offensive line, there's going to be a lot of pressure on Jonah Williams to make an impact in in year one. And even if he does, uh, the rest of this offensive line is just really bad. Michael Jordan was uh, was awful as a rookie last year. Billy Price has yet to establish himself as a uh, you know the first round pick from two years ago. Uh, you know when you're signing a uh, Xavier Suafilo from from Dallas, who I had some nice experience with, who was a complete you know swing guard and was a really a turnstile for for the Cowboys. He's going to be your starting right guard, and then you know the the every year the annual Bobby Hart. We all are always tearing on Bobby Hart for being kind of a turnstile as well. So. I do have questions about you know the the offensive line. I do, and you know as much as I like the skill positions, like Lee said with the uh, the defense, I think this is a scrappy unit. You know who has the potential to overperform a little bit, but I don't see where they're going to get a pass rush, and they have some really young linebackers. I do like their secondary. I think their secondary is you know relatively deep for an NFL secondary, and. You know, overall, I just think this team is, is a year or two away from, from really hitting their stride. Lee,
0: just quickly before we move on from the Bengals, I kind of want to circle back to you, you referenced their schedule. And I kind of like the over here. I, I feel like the Bengals will go 6-10 and 10 this year just because of the teams that they face. So, Lee, where do you feel that the Bengals rank, though, among teams that you said they play, like the Jaguars, the Redskins, the Dolphins, the Giants? They have the Browns twice, obviously, because they're both in the division. So, I mean, where do you see the Bengals ranking among those teams? Because I have a hard time seeing them at least not get, you know, four wins out of those games. And then who knows if they get two along the way, it could just be an easy 6-10 and 10 and you cash in.
2: Yeah, um, I would say that without trying to be insulting, I think it would be foolish to think that they would win all four of those games. I wouldn't rank them at the bottom of those teams, but I, I would rank them probably near the top. I'd say they're in Dolphins territory, in my opinion. They're better than well, the Jaguars. So, so,
0: but, but it's it's Jaguars, Redskins, Dolphins, Giants, and then two games against the Browns. So you yeah. think that's three and three?
2: I think that the ceiling for that is three and three. I don't think this Bengals really? team... Yeah, I, I'm... Okay. And I don't want to turn this into a bashing of Joe Burrow, but uh, I think that a lot of things went in Joe Burrow's favor last year at LSU. And obviously, he's the first person to give credit to for their championship run and for his season, absolutely. But at the same time... I don't think that he has the raw natural skill set to elevate this Bengals team from the seller of the NFL to all of a sudden the team that is in sniffing distance of a playoff spot. Because if you can win six games and you're competing with the Browns, then who's to say you can't, you know, win seven or eight games. Um, and that's where I'd say they're a year away. The points you just made, Klepp, would be the uh, reason why I probably would stay away from this line overall. I don't really have too strong of a feel on it, but I would say that. Realistically, the way I see that is they split those games. I, I, I would say that they would lose three of those games to said teams. Maybe beat the Browns once. Maybe compete against you know uh, against the Ravens or, or or the Steelers. But I just think that this Bengals team uh, ultimately is going to drop a few games that they even with where they are, kind of ranked lower in the league. Um, I still think they're going to drop a few games that they that they maybe should win, um, just because of their inexperience and their overall their lack of talent. On the offensive line and the defensive side of the football, I still think that this is a this is an absolutely dismal defense, in my opinion. So, um, I think that's going to definitely weigh them down. And like I said, I think Joe Burrow, although he's an incredibly talented player, um, I don't think that he's the hey, he has the type of raw natural talent to move the needle that significantly in year one.
0: Yeah, fair enough, Lee. Light. Let's move on to uh, the Cleveland Browns here, and Cleveland Browns are sitting at a win total of eight and a half, which I think we'll we'll get into quite a, bit, a little bit later, and this is a team that fired Freddie Kitchens, also fired uh, John Dorsey, uh, a lot of a lot of turnover there, but has also reinvested into that offensive line, bringing in Jedrick Wills in the draft, uh, bringing in Jack Conklin in, in free agency. And a lot of this team, in my opinion, their success in 2020 will rest on the shoulders of Baker Mayfield, and there's not a lot of people in that building anymore that are too tied to him. I mean, Tommy, what do you think of this this Browns team you know, maybe leave the eight and a half overall out of this for now because I think we'll get into that in a second. But what do you just think of this team overall
1: right now as we head into 2020? This is a team that I'm incredibly uh, unsure of because last year I was on, I was the only one of, of this trio who was on the Browns train, and, and that blew up in my face. A lot of it had jock. to do with the offensive line, <laughs> yeah, a majority <laughs> of it had to do with the coaching. I think it it really is just going to come down to what type of impact Kevin Stefanski can make. Um, And I think that his impact can be aided by the talent that's on this team. I mean, when you look at the skill positions that this team has, um, you know, I know Stefanski loves his 12 personnel. They've got Austin Hooper. I still think David Njoku is a really talented tight end. And, you know, Odell Beckham Jr., for what it's worth, is still, I think, one of the better receivers in the NFL. It's just going to come down to, and Jarvis Landry, too, is a really good player as well. So, this team has all the tools. I think when you get to their defense, um, that's where it gets a little bit dicey, especially, I mean, their linebackers, I think are, are pretty bad. I think Jacob Phillips are, and Mac Wilson are going to be their two best linebackers. And Mac Wilson was a rookie last year. Phillips will be a rookie this year. Uh, but, you know, they have Miles Garrett, who I think is an elite, elite pass rusher who can win defensive player of the year in, in any given year. I think he's that type of talent. And, you know, they drafted my, my guy, Grant Delpit, who I think is going to be one of the better cover safeties in the NFL. Um, and Denzel Ward. I mean, they, uh, this is a team that has a lot of potential, but again, I'm, I have a little bit of PTSD fa- after last year, uh, so it's just really going to come down to the infrastructure and, like you alluded to, Club uh, Baker Mayfield and what type of performance are we going to see from Baker Mayfield? Has the NFL figured him out? Uh, it, does he not have the magic that he you know once possessed? And if he's you know if he's given the proper time and the proper protection and he has all these weapons and he still can't put it together, uh, then you know this probably could be Baker's last year as a starter, but. Then again, if he's able to put it all together and just you know have the game slow down for him a little bit, he's he's accurate. Um, it, the guy's a good quarterback. So I, I don't know how much of last year was between the years and kind of the infrastructure falling around uh, around him. But again, initially I lean under eight and a half because I think that's you're asking a lot for this team to get nine wins. But there is that they, the team has the potential to to blow up uh, to you know and to really make a, a really they're boomer bust team. so that's where I kind of have the, uh, you know, trepidation about taking the under right away.
2: Um, yeah, I guess just to piggyback off what you're saying, uh, Tommy, I, I would say that I'm a little bit more pessimistic than you are about this group. I'm not going to fall into the Browns hype 2.0 just because Kevin Stefanski, um, you know, called plays for Minnesota really well the past couple of years and seems to have a decently good head on his shoulders especially uh, when you compare them to the past few coaches that have been in that building in Cleveland, but I'm going to go out on a limb here and I'm going to make, I'm going to make my first uh, throwback back judge era um, hype a little bit, little bit of vino in me. I'm going to make a comment here. Um, I think Odell Beckham jr. Is wildly overrated. I don't think he's elite. I think that he oh, hasn't, I, I don't think Odell Beckham jr. Has played elite level football and since 2016, um, do I think that he has the capability of playing to that level and proving me wrong? Absolutely. But I'll believe it when I see it, man. Things really haven't gone Odell's way since the last time the Giants were a good football team. Um, and, you know, he's produced. He's got over a thousand yards the past two years, but he's combined for 10 touchdowns and I know he's had some injury issues. Um, and I think that the Cleveland Browns are, you know, I think that maybe just the this, this notion that Odell Beckham Jr. is amongst the Michael Thomases of the NFL world um, is a little bit, Uh, oversold. And I think this Browns team has some more issues on on their hands than people give credit for. Um, I don't think Baker Mayfield is that good of a quarterback. Uh, I think he's fairly good and can be better than he was last year, but he was amongst the worst in the NFL last year. So he definitely has a lot to prove. And I would even further say about what you were saying, Tommy, if he doesn't play well this year, this will be his last year. He does not have another opportunity. Maybe he just needs to have that chip on his shoulder and get an opportunity elsewhere, uh, walk on style like he did in college. Um, I think they're paying Austin Hooper a little bit too much money. I love Nick Chubb. I think they're going to run the ball fairly well, but their defense doesn't excite me overly. I think you're going to need an MVP caliber season, or defensive MVP caliber season out of miles Garrett in order for this defense to really churn. Um, And this team overall, again, we're talking about a very competitive and tough to judge division. This team doesn't really excite me that much. Uh, I, I think that, Sure, they improved the offensive line, but I don't think their offensive line is really necessarily anything to write home about. I think they'll have a solid offensive line. Um, and, and again, they've got a first-year head coach, and I think their best the best player on their team is overrated. So uh, eight and a half, I'll, I'll go out on a limb and say that hit this under now. Um, I think the other day it was an even bet for, for the under at eight and a half on the Browns. So... I I really have a tough I I would have a very easy time betting against the Browns winning nine football games this year um, in the NFL. I just don't think that they're a team that has put it all together yet, and I think that the impending breakup of the Cleveland Browns, as we know it, um, is going to happen within the next couple of years.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I would push back a little bit on that Odell slander. I mean, he is a member of the Bosworthy Apps. I have to have to put up for my guy here a little bit. I think Odell is one of the more elite receivers in the NFL. Yeah, has the the production not exactly, you know, gone with the talent, sure. But at the same time, look at, you know, he's playing with Baker Mayfield. He's playing with Eli Manning. Last year he was injured. You know, gave him that little shout out in, in, in the uh, in the draft day video. He's coming back strong. Uh, I do like Odell a lot. But again, eight and a half, uh, eight and a half wins is, is a high mark, I think, for this team. And I think, you know, with two games against the Ravens, two games against the Steelers, the ceiling is one in three to me. Like if you're looking at those four games, just put 50 bucks on the money line every game on, on the Ravens and Steelers, and I think you'll come out uh, with a net positive uh, there with with you know just your, the money in your pocket. And the other thing I wanted to just quickly ask you guys about the Browns before we move on here is they're plus 333 to finish last in the division. And I, I mean, I know you guys weren't too high on the Bengals, but new head coach, lack of belief in Baker Mayfield, I know the offensive line has improved from last year, which was a big deal. But I think you know that's probably where the value is in, in terms of coming in last in the division. You know that's on that's on Fox back that plus thirty three to finish last. What do you kind of think about putting a little skin there?
1: I I don't think that would be a bad bet. Um, I mean, I wouldn't do it just because. I don't know. I think we all have some bias with the Baker Mayfields last year, and obviously, I think some of it is valid, but. Again, I don't know if I said this on an earlier podcast, but I went back and listened to the same preview from a year ago and you know, we had the the skepticism that we have of Baker Mayfield now of Lamar Jackson and we had the adoration of Lamar Jackson that we have now of Baker Mayfield. So a lot can change. Yeah, but in the even year. with and, that adoration, I mean, we I'm still I
2: still didn't think or Adam didn't think they were a playoff team. Like and now with with the year he had last year, I just feel like the only thing that would really lead me to believing that this team is a playoff team now is that Baker's gonna turn everything around and Stefanski's gonna have almost Shanahan-esque year one or something in that realm of oh, of, of of success. You know, I, I think this division is too tough. You got two of the most experienced coaches in the NFL in this division that know your team inside and out and have basically owned you for the past three decades. Um, or two decades. so
1: i'm I'm not necessarily saying I'm taking the over of eight and a half. I'm more just talking about Baker and how we're all just like the fact that Baker is, you know, when we talk about Odell, it's like, oh, we had Eli and Baker to throw to him. And last year it was like Baker was an MVP candidate. and you know we were all, I mean, we a preseason MVP candidate. This team had all the hype in the world. And I just am I'm not saying that you know, last year was, you know, and uh, and something an anomaly. But I just am curious to of how much of last year is on Baker Mayfield. And if he has, you know, he got my favorite tackle in the draft in Jedrick Wills. They signed Jack Conklin. It seems to me that their offensive line should be at least, you know, marginally better. Like at the at the very, very bare minimum. And then on top of that, I completely agree with you, Lee. I've said it uh, before. That I do think Austin Hooper was an overpayment. He does not deserve to be the highest paid tight in the NFL. But with that being said, For this year, for 2020, they have Odell Beckham, Jarvis Landry, Austin Hooper, Nick Chubb, who the analytics community thinks is the best running back in the NFL. Kareem Hunt, who's another talented running back, who's their third down running back. And Joku, they're going to run 12 personnel a lot. They're going to run two tight ends. What has David and Joku done done in the the NFL,
2: dude? Like, how is that even, like...
1: I'm just talking about the talent. I'm talking about the talent they have, and if you're running 12 personnel with two tight ends. I don't fear protection.
2: the Browns and a 12 personnel. That doesn't like instill fear in me.
1: I'm, just, I'm basically just trying to craft a reality where, where Baker Mayfield has protection. He has really good weapons. Even if you think o- Odell Beckham's overrated, he's a number one wide receiver in the NFL. Even if you don't think he's an elite receiver. Um, Oh, I absolutely think he can be a lead. I'm just
2: saying that he's not. I I, I think he's kind of the past three years played himself out of the category of the best receiver in the game. I don't think he's even in that conversation anymore, to be honest. That's kind of what I was trying to illuminate. And I think that I think that he absolutely is capable of having the bounce back year. Um, But I do think that there I think that a lot of other guys are capable of having bounce back years. And I think that a good amount has to go in the Browns favor in order for for that to work. And I almost just feel like it's a more realistic scenario that the Browns move on from Baker this next offseason than they make the playoffs. I really think that it's more realistic that the former happens. So that's why I'm kind of drilling this point. And then if you want to talk about, we've talked a ton about the offense. We know they've got the glitz and glamour on the offense. Their defense is like really just not that exciting. There's not really, their linebackers don't do that much for me. Mac Wilson is probably their best linebacker. Um, obviously, they've got Miles Garrett, who's been great. You know, he's a, he's a really good NFL player. I think Olivier Vernon has played his best football. And in the secondary, they've got solid corners. Denzel Ward's a really good corner. Greedy Williams, a second-year guy who I'm, I I don't know Greedy Williams play in and out. I would think he's a fairly solid corner number two. And they're relying on Carl Joseph and Grant Delpit. In the secondary, Carl Joseph, who's, you know, I've, I'm a bigger Carl Joseph guy than anybody, but he's ha- he's got his flaws. I think he's a poor man's Jabril Peppers in several ways. And Grant Delpit, who dropped in the draft this year for a reason, and he can prove people wrong, but again, I think a lot of things really have to go in this team's favor as opposed to things happening the way they should, um, I guess, in order for them to – winning nine games in the NFL is extremely difficult to do, um, and I, I just don't see all the stars I, aligning for the Cleveland Browns this year.
1: Sure, and I guess I, we can wrap this up, but the only point that I'm trying to make is it sounds to me like both of you guys don't think that Baker mayfield is a franchise quarterback and i just that is i think, something he can I think be. we should examine. i think maybe he
2: needs a, maybe he needs a change of scenery maybe i don't know yeah I, think, I don't
0: know i think tommy I think some of that for me just comes in the sense of like a lot of last year was him almost you know talking trash on podcasts and radio and kind of going off that, totally. that you know big run that he had in his rookie season and and not a lot happened in that, in that second year, which I think, you know, I mean, I was kind of thinking with that offensive line, I don't think anything's going to go that well, you know, we'll see. He hasn't really said that much this year. We'll see what happens. I guess he was maybe, you know, doing some Instagram shenanigans with someone else too. So who knows, you know, Baker's going to Baker. So yeah. at the end of the day, I think, I think like at the end of the day though, you said, I think Lee, you said it you know perfectly nine wins for the Browns, I think is, is going to be a, a tough task, but let's move on to the Steelers here who, their win total sits at nine and a half. And last year, they meandered their way to an eight and eight season with Mason Rudolph and, and Duck Hodges. And Lee, I guess I'll pass it off to you because even last year, before Big Ben basically got injured week one and was never seen again, you were kind of down on, on Roethlisberger. And
2: mm-hmm.
0: once again, the Pittsburgh Eggs are in the Roethlisberger basket. W- where, where are you at with this team? I mean, do you think a full healthy season of Roethlisberger gets them one to two more wins than they were able to get last year? Or. Is it kind of a, a, just a net, you know, split even?
2: I think they'll, they'll win more games than they did last year, but I don't really know if I consider I've come down, I've come down to earth a little bit on my Steelers love. I do think they probably, you can make a very fair strong argument that they have a top five defense in the NFL, but you know, if I'm going to be critical of the Browns, I have to be critical of the Steelers. I'm not a huge Juju Smith Schuster fan, I think that he's a good football player, but I don't necessarily have confidence that he's going to play well enough to prove that he's a wide receiver number one. Tommy and I have hit this over the head since the beginning of the Back Judge podcast, since Ben Roethlisberger came into Detroit and in and, and, and you know limped his way through a win against the listless Lions, um, you know two years ago or whatever it was. I think Ben Roethlisberger, I think Ben is absolutely in the category of the Philip Rivers and Eli Manning's of the world, where his best his best. Uh, days are far behind him. And, you know, I think this is a team that's definitely going to compete on a week to week basis, but I just don't see the it factor with this team. Um, I don't think they have a necessarily, I think they have a, a compilation of, of above average running backs in their running back room, I guess, led by uh, James Connor, who is more of a complimentary back than a starting back. Um, I don't think the world of Anthony McFarlane, the rookie, I think he's a home run hitter, but I don't necessarily know how much he's going to do for them in year one. I like the moves they've made in their receiver room, and I think they've got some weapons, but no one really shines out to me as a number one receiver. So I think this is a classic Pittsburgh Steelers team that's going to need to win their games with their defense and basically slobber knocking. They're probably going to win a couple games they shouldn't win. They're probably going to lose a couple games they shouldn't lose. But I'd set the mark right now at 8.5 for the Steelers team if I, were, if I were making the book, and I really probably wouldn't play that. So the fact that it's at 9.5 – I don't really like the juice on the underside, but if I had to bet this, I'd probably bet the under. As much as it pains me to do it, um, their schedule is not especially easy, and you know I think that their defense will absolutely, like I said, their defense will absolutely keep them in games. But um, I just don't really see their offense exploding to the point where they're a playoff caliber team. Maybe they'll get in that seventh spot, but I don't know my, my bar isn't set too high for the Steelers this year.
1: Yeah, Lee, I kind of will, would echo everything that you said. It kind of you know, I think this team is going to be a lot similar to where they were last year. and I think the, the margins for uh, regression for them and, you, know, ascension uh, is going to be you have to think that the defense is going to take just like a small mar- like at least a little bit small of a marginal step back. And the fact that Minka came in for them last year and was remarkable and you know, had a couple touchdowns and really just brought their defense to life. I still think this is a top 10 unit. kind of presenting a floor of a top 10 unit because of their coaching, the infrastructure, TJ Watt, you know, one of the better edge rushers in the NFL, Devin Bush. I mean, this team is just incredibly solid on the defensive end. But to me, it's not really even about – I think they have weapons. I agree with you, Lee, about their running backs kind of being underwhelming, but they don't really need to be too – you don't really – their running backs will do to to make them a playoff team and, you know, a Super Bowl contender even with a better quarterback, really. It comes down to Roethlisberger, to me – um he had the, sh- the elbow surgery whatever it is he's 38 years old uh you know I- this team has a good offensive line I do like their weapons I like Juju more than Lee does but I don't think he's an elite receiver Deontay Johnson had a nice rookie year Chase Claypool is a good player I think Ebron's going to be a nice tight end for them oh man um, let's not but- get into that oh, yeah. let's Jesus. not get into
2: that conversation dude we don't need to have this conversation I mean, I again Ebron- Tommy and I have already 20- had a drunken conversation about whether or not Eric Ebron is going to be worth a lick this year for the Pittsburgh Steelers. So, let's just say He was
0: good in Indy, and they did not want him. That's all you need to know about Eric Ebron.
2: He's he's injured now. He's like 27. Yeah, it's but, just like, dude, hang him up or something. This is not working for Eric. Well, he was he
1: was good in Indy. They didn't want him, and, but he's still good. He, he's, he's still good enough good. to catch. He, he, he belongs in the
0: MLS, the way that that man nurses his injuries and, and lays yeah. on the field. He'd go play soccer.
2: We'll see. We we can.
1: Hey, go catch six. Go catch six touchdowns and let me trade you for a first.
2: If Eric round. Ebron, if Eric hey, Ebron, hey, Ebron week catches one, six sophomore six year touchdowns. high school, I was on
0: track for eighteen tutties for the if whole Eric season. Ebron, right. Eric so, Ebron, so don't talk to me about TD totals.
2: There's there's no shot Eric Ebron's catching six touchdowns, and that's a low number probably for for what for right. the role you're
1: giving.
0: Leap prophecy anyways, there. Let's over that. Prophecy there. Re- Under regar- six. Ebron TD.
2: Oh yeah, throw it in. I, Easy. Easy. <laughs> I think
1: that, um, I think that the Steelers team, like you said, Lee, is gonna be competitive. Their defence is gonna keep them in games. If Roethlisberger is able to prove Lee and I wrong and be, you know, a top fifteen quarterback, this for sure is a playoff yep. team, I think, and this, this team has a chance to yep. win the division. I mean I, I think I think the Ravens, we're gonna get into them in a second, I think are gonna see a little bit of regret of regression, but if Roethlisberger is able to make this t- team have a plus offense that can, you know, run the ball effectively with Connor, McFarlane and Snell really have a rotation and then He's able to use their weapons. I do think they have weapons, and this team one hundred percent is a uh, is can p- compete for uh, for this division and for a Super Bowl. I think, if and especially if their defense is you know is what it should be. So, but th- but you know, again, I'm taking a uh, a, a a rose-eyed glass view uh, of all of this, and I think in reality this team is going to be a little bit closer to what you said, Lee. I would set it eight and a half would be my number. Um, I kind of think I I might just want to take the unders on both the Browns and the Steelers, man. Because I think one of those for sure is hitting, uh, and I think they might both hit. I think they're both a little bit too rich for both of those teams.
0: Yeah, so let's move on to the division winners last year, and that's the Baltimore Ravens. And this is a team that straight up has won the division two years in a row: ten and six in 2018, fourteen and two, uh, in 2019 with Lamar Jackson. Clearly, things haven't gone you know the way they want to in the playoffs. But as far as the regular season is concerned, this is a pretty much of a, a juggernaut team, and not too much has changed from, from last year. If anything, the team is, is just better. You know, adding, uh, adding guys like JK Dobbins in the draft, Justin Matibike, uh, Patrick Queen at middle linebacker. I mean, those, those are, you know, three great additions there just off the top. And I think that this is a team that, you know, as much as I still have questions about Lamar and his ability in the playoffs and when it's cold in, in January, can he just win from the pocket when everything's going wrong? I don't know yet, but when it comes to an aggregate sixteen game season, I think that this is pretty much this team is pretty much as, as solid as they can come in, in a lot of ways. You know, eleven is is an interesting win total for them. Um, probably would would lean over, but I mean right now the only you know real win total that I'm feeling comfortable about in the uh, AFC North is a little bit of an under on the Browns. So because eleven is still, I mean that's a lot. So, uh, but what do you, I mean? What do you guys think of overall about the Ravens? Do you think they can kind of threepeat this AFC North here?
2: Yeah, I'm just going to hop in real quick because, I basically agree with everything you just said. I love how you illustrated the Lamar uh, conversation because I have no concerns about Lamar being a winning quarterback. The only concerns come when when it's playoff time and when he really needs to win from the pocket. I think that's a great point. Um, I think this is an 11-win football team this year. I would stay away from this bet because I think this team lands on 11. I think they're just as good, if not better. Maybe you know they lost Marshall Yanda, so their offensive line – May not be as good. I think they had the best draft out of any team in the you league. You had Ben
0: Bredesen, though.
2: If you, yeah, if you really had to ask me, I think they had the best draft out of any team in the league. Their schedule's fairly hard, but nothing crazy. Usually you see, you know, league champions, like the uh, Baltimore Ravens regular season champions, who win 14 games, have a minor regression the next year because it's really tough to win 28 games in two seasons. That's or, or You know, even 27, 26 games. But I think 11 wins is a very realistic point. And I think 11 wins wins this division. I don't think the Cleveland Browns, Pittsburgh Steelers, uh, Cincinnati Bengals are going to win any more than 10 10 games at the the most, uh, realistically. So I think the Baltimore Ravens are an 11-win football team that may take their lumps this year. I think when they go back to Foxborough, they'll probably lose. Uh, May lose in Indy. May lose in Philly. But they also may win all three of those games. So this is a team that I think is going to be, you know, they're the upper echelon of the league. I would set the floor at them at 9 or 10 wins. So I think we're going to be seeing the Baltimore Ravens uh, and Lamar Jackson get another shot at, at playoff glory this year. Um, as to how many games they won in the regular season, I'm fairly confident it'll be around the 11th spot. So I'd probably stay away from this number, if anything. Um, and I and I would, I would think that the Ravens, not necessarily a shoe-in to win the division, but I could fairly confidently say that this is the team that has the most bases covered in terms of a winning NFL football team. So uh, I, I'd agree with you pretty much there, Clap.
0: Hey, uh, Tommy, yeah, step you, over here. Tommy, hang on one second, buddy. Before you kind of get into what you want to say, I just want to ask you a question, I guess. When you consider what this offseason has been like for NFL teams and, and a lack of, you know, in, in-person training and all that stuff, when you look at the Ravens with that win total at 11 to win the division minus 188, but you have a lot of question marks about these other teams, especially with the Bengals and Browns with, with a lot of turnover there, and then the Steelers with Big Ben is a big question mark. I mean, how much do you value the fact that Lamar's still there. John Harbaugh's still there. Most of the team is still there. When you're when you're kind of looking at bets, does that make you feel a little bit better about it? Just because everything's staying the same?
1: Yeah, one hundred percent for the Ravens and even for the Steelers too. I mean, I think if the Steelers had Kevin Stefanski as their coach and, the, and if the Browns had Mike Tomlin as their coach, I think that's something that I've you know I've taken my lumps, especially last year with Cleveland. And for me, it really comes down. to You got to look at the quarterback first, and then offensive line. Um, And coaching infrastructure and then looking at the defense, obviously, but if you can't protect your quarterback, especially a young quarterback, uh, you're not going to win. And a team like Baltimore, who has had the, you know, Harbaugh has been there for 12 years or however long he's been there. Um, And Lamar, again, second year in the Greg Roman system. Uh, You know, I mean, just to get into Baltimore a little bit, I'm, I'm staying away from the 11 as well, because I do think that they deserve to be, you know, the favorite in this division and 11 is probably a good number. Um, if you're giving me plus money though, I think the smart bet would probably just to be take the under, just because you could see a little bit of they won 13 games or 14 games. Mm-hmm. 14 and two, yep. They ran 14 games. Yeah, I mean it's I mean it's tough. It's it's a stay away, but I think you know the fact that Lamar Jackson is you know he's been in, he's done a really good job of not you know avoiding contact and not getting hit. But if he's if he gets hurt for some reason and and they got uh you know what's well, the they got Robert Griffin back there story. too. Oh yeah, they got RG3. They got RG3. My bad. Um again, I'm just kind of making a devil's advocate case for the value. Um when it comes to the team moves in the off season and, and you know what they were able to do, I completely agree with you guys. I think the team's better. Uh, JK Dobbins is going to make this this offense so much better, I think. I think a healthy Marquise Brown is going to, you know, he's really going to be able to put a complete season together. Um and if you want to start to get into the, you know, I know pre-pod I was talking about, I like that Lamar over 26 and a half minus 120 at Bavada, uh for passing touchdowns. I think if he's able to stay healthy, he's a lock for 30 passing touchdowns, I think, um, if he's able to start all 16 games. And, uh, and then to get into two other, two other, uh, another bet that I like, Patrick Queen for Defensive Rookie of the Year, plus 900. It's a stats-driven, uh, a stats-driven award, and I definitely will be placing a wager on Isaiah Simmons and Patrick Queen to win Defensive Rookie of the Year. Uh, Patrick Queen's going to gobble up a bunch of tackles He's going to have unbelievable stats and he for sure will be in the, uh, in the running for this award. Um, He's, you know, he's my favorite linebacker in the draft. Uh, You know, all in all, this, this Ravens team is an absolute, you know, wagon. Um, Even if Lamar were to get hurt, I still think they're going to be able to win. You know, they can pull, they're going to be able to do what the Steelers did last year, but to even, you know, better effect, because they're going to be able to run the ball even better. Um, And their defense, you know, I think is, is a really elite unit as well. So, Overall, I expect the the Ravens to to win this division. Um, And, you know, again, I I, like both of you guys. I'm really excited to see what this team does in the postseason when, you know, Lamar has to win from the pocket, like Lee was saying, and, you know, their backs are up against the wall because I think that is where you can kind of start to doubt the Ravens um, going up against a really competent defense in in a big game. Yeah, I
0: don't know about the Patrick Queen thing. I mean, Patrick Queen's a nice player, but I would almost have reservations. I mean, you look at last year, Nick Bosa, kind of walks into that award You got a guy like chase young i mean if chase young gets 10 sacks he probably gets the rookie of the year award even if isaiah simmons or yeah, patrick well, queen maybe have a i'm just gonna say the game but
2: for I just, our I would listeners be and for Tommy. Money there. just just uh proceed with caution with the player props and the rookie bets and the you know just because yeah, yeah. i'm
1: not going i'm not going I'm, I'm not going crazy but i will say that in order if chase young gets 10 sacks that would be. I was listening. Uh, forgive me. I forget who I uh, I was listening to, but they were talking about um, in order, like Nick Bosa's season last year. They did rotate, uh, you know, a, a a solid amount. But so sacks are such an inconsistent statistic. Like Chase Young could have, like his performance should have indicated that he could get eighteen sacks, but just the way the play goes, he doesn't get the sack. Indeed, and in, in, he doesn't get the sack and ends are usually rotating a lot more than linebackers. I just think the opportunity is going to be there a lot more for a linebacker like and I also think Nick Bosa winning last year kind of I don't I don't know off top, but I would be interested to see if you go back through the past defensive rookie of the year award winners. I would be interested to see who the last edge rusher to win it was before Nick Bosa. Maybe it was Miles Garrett. I'm not sure off the top of my head. I actually kind of want to look that up real quick, but Just the opportunity for Patrick Queen and Isaiah Simmons who are gonna be on the field for a lot more plays than an edge rusher like Chase Young uh, and are gonna be you know, getting a lot of tackles, you know, pass breakups. Yeah,
0: but I mean but at the same time too, Tommy, like a guy like Devin Bush last year has like a fantastic season and it's just hard to put that up against Neither of those guys will have as good of a
2: year as Devin Bush did last year. I would I would say that. So Yeah, I
0: mean uh, Lee, why don't you just kick us off here though to wrap this up?
2: I mean Yeah, and, and
1: I would and I would say that Nick Bosa Nick Bosa was in the conversation for Defensive Player of the Year. Like, sometimes you just go, and if Chase Young is up for Defensive Player of the Year, he's going to win. Like, I'm not saying that Chase Young deserves to be the favorite, I think. But when you go past the, uh, you know, the former Defensive Rookie of the Year winners, it just usually goes to, like, linebackers, I think, for the most part, because they're going to get, you know, Patrick Queen's going to get 100-plus tackles, maybe a couple sacks and a pick. And you're looking at a guy who, you know, is going to be potentially a pro baller in his first season. I just think plus nine hundred is uh is a great great uh great great value. Malik Harrison might get those numbers dope. Yep. We had uh Nick Bosa Nick Bosa, Darius Leonard, Marshawn Latimer, Joey Bosa, Marcus Peters, Aaron Donald, Sheldon Richardson, Keekly, Von Miller, Sue. That's the last ten years. So there was two linebackers. And who were those
2: linebackers? linebackers? Who were the linebackers? What's that? Luke Keekly and who else? Darius Leonard and Keaton. Yeah, well, I mean, that's just showing you where where you have to be at as a rookie linebacker in order to win that award. I mean, you have to be, like, proven elite, basically, in your first year. So I just think that the – I don't think the value is there at plus 900. I think you can find better value um, in other places. So I guess I would push back against that a little bit. But, again, proceed with caution with all player props.
0: Lee, where do you have uh, just the division as a whole, one through four?
2: Um, off top, I'm going go we're gonna go Ravens at the number one spot at 11 and five. I think that's a cozy number to pick. I, th- I like the Ravens there in the one. Um, I'll take the Steelers uh, in second place at nine and seven. Um, I'll go Browns in third place at seven and nine and Bengals in last place at 4 and 12. Or five and twelve. Sorry, four and twelve. What am I Isn't it four? And... Or no, sorry, on, four, it's, it's, four and twelve. It's not. Four it's, and, not uh, four it's not twenty
0: twenty one yet, Lee. Yeah, my bad.
2: <laughs> five and twelve.
1: Yeah, I mean maybe I, I will. I'll like to hope that I have a more defined opinion in August, and I'll have one of my revisionist takes in about a month. But I'm I'm going chocolate Lee as well. Um, no records. I'll put the Ravens at twelve and four. Steelers at. Uh, Eight and eight. I'll put the Browns at eight and eight, and I'll put the Bengals at uh, five and eleven. Or give them six and ten. Well, there we go. Up.
0: Yeah, I mean, six and 10. I was just about to say it. Uh, so I'm gonna put Ravens first, Steelers second. I'm gonna go Bengals third. Yeah. Right? And get, put put in the put in the prophecy. Bengals at least six and ten. At least 6-10 le- wow. for the Bengals. And it, I'll say right now, give me Joe Burrow over Baker Mayfield. Yeah. Right i i if you, if you if i had the choice i would take joe burrow so and it's, Baker Mayfield it's right time
2: now. to slap that uh Bengals guaranteed win against cleveland in one of the two games this year that's a prophecy for club yeah oh, they're sure. not they're Uh-oh. not going I mean, zero and two against the browns
0: no you yeah. know hey it, have it have it happen in paul brown stadium in paul brown stadium right?
2: baby <laughs> will there be fans He's not from cleveland no, you live
0: in cincinnati all right that's <laughs> that that's the that's the uh the old classic line there from the Bengals. so uh, just you know, give me the bronze coming in last, man. Just total, total fade season.
2: Awesome, and we'll revisit this as the season gets closer, just to kind of see where we're at. And I'm, I'm sure none of us will have too much of a rad- radical change in our opinion, but, um, but yeah, I'd like to revisit this just because it is, it is so early in the offseason.
0: Indeed. Well, boys, it was uh, it was a pleasure yucking it up.
2: As always.
1: Yep. Great stuff, boys. Cue stay scheming. <laughs>